Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, you're listening to Marriage Therapy Radio. I'm Zach. I'm here with Laura. This episode comes out in June 2021. That's Pride Month, at least here in the United States. And Laura and I are excited to have Candace Zubernot join us. Candace is the founder and lead therapist with The Christian Closet, which helps uh, folks grappling with LGBTQ issues um, deal with different issues that may come up inside themselves or inside their relationships. And I'm going to acknowledge that you may be prone to skip this one, particularly if you don't resonate with the ideas around Christianity or even LGBTQ issues. Um, But I want to implore you to listen. I promise you there is something for you here. It is, as always, a very cool conversation. Stick around. I was just really excited that we were having you on. And um, it came as a surprise to me because Zach and I are not great communicators and I'm not a good listener. And he told me apparently. Those are two different things, by the way. What do you mean? Well, I would say we're we're both great communicators. And also, you're not a very good listener. It's true. At least like three people tell me this week, I sent that email to you. I sent you in a text. I told Mm. that to you. And I am like, (laughs) that's not the only one that has a problem communicating to me. That's so strange. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's fine with me as long as you say things like I suck at phones versus, oh, thanks for the heads up. And I'm like, "Mm." no, I totally suck at phones. (laughs) And apparently I suck to face-to-face communication as well. (laughs) Well, I like to tell my wife, I listen really well all day. But when I come home, it's like my listening skills, you know, they've been used up. Yeah, totally. (laughs) We should probably introduce this third voice, right? People aren't used to like a third person on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Yeah, so you're Candace Zubernot. Candace and I go back... Uh, very far. Um, I, I'd say, I mean, I was thinking about, I was thinking about the fact that I am a person who has friendships that are 20 years old, like adult friendships that are 20 years old. That's weird. Um, that's you're old and that's, yeah. <laughs> that's what happens when you're old, <laughs> but we've been in each other's lives for 15 years or so. And I've actually gotten to watch you kind of create this thing that you're doing now. And I want to hear you tell me about it. Cause I don't know if I know how you would describe In fact, I know, I know, don't know how you would describe it, but it's been fun to watch you kind of form it both from your I guess through your origin story all the way to now when you're like, uh, like the boss. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so yes, my name is Candace and I founded the Christian closet, uh, almost 10 years ago, which is crazy that it's been that long, but it is like my, the Christian closet and my personal story are all mixed in together. Um, because, When I was in school, undergrad and graduate school, um, it was really super painful trying to piece out like, whoa, I like women. Mm -hmm. Um, What is that? Is this is horrible all the way to trying to accept myself. And so that journey of self-acceptance was right when I was getting my education. And so after grad school, started a private practice and really hated it and thought that I didn't want to be a therapist. And I had, had done all the schooling and all these things. And oh my God, like, I wish I would have just become an accountant or something, you know, simple, less emotional. And 
Crystal and I ended up having or choosing to move from Seattle to Chicago in order to come out. Um, it was wow too scary um, for us to do that in our community. So both of you are coming out at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And that's, and that's like the origin just so that like people are following along is um, Zach originally knew your wife mm-hmm. before you guys had come out before you had started a relationship. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. Well, so Zach I was the Crystal. admissions. Yeah. I was the admissions director at the seminary that they both came to. And I, I think I admit, I know I admitted Crystal and probably you. Yes. Um, yep. um, and so they were just, students in this program kind of sorting through and the program is pretty rigorous and asks you to kind of do a lot of internal searching as well as training as a therapist. And so the three of us just sort of coexisted in this universe for a minute. And I think I, like I said, um, Crystal ended up, <laughs> I'm very aware of not saying I hired her as though I somehow did her a favor. Cause it was more like, please, Crystal, would you come work with me? Because, um, <laughs> I shoot everything Crystal touches. She makes better. And probably you could talk about your relationship, I'm sure, but um, brilliant. But yeah. And then um, I just remember, I remember sitting across from Crystal when she said, Hey, it's official. And I was like, you mean that thing that we kind of already knew that you were, you you know, like, and I was like, I'm so grateful that, that I got to be a part of that. And then it was what, two, three weeks later, you guys were on to Chicago and then now you're in LA. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. And how long have you been there? Uh, let's see, a little over 10 years. Dang. So you started Christian Closet in LA once you guys had gotten kind of down there. And tell me about the work that you're doing. Yeah. So I finally realized, um, and actually it was my dad who, it's a funny story. He was like, I've been praying for you and I think God wants you to start an online practice. And I was like, okay, one, no one's ever heard of that. So <laughs> that's a horrible now idea. We're like, please, can we do something yes. besides online practice right now? Right, yeah. um, can I please talk to a human? But when I realized like, oh my gosh, like who, what do I want to do? And who do I want to journey with in this life? And it was, of course, like, I want to journey with people who are in a similar, similar place that I was. Mm-hmm. Um, people who are figuring out that they are LGBTQ and come from this Christian faith. Mm-hmm. And then it was just like, um, okay, so how do we do it now? I know that's what I want to do. I know that's what, if we want to call it a calling or whatever, that is my thing. Yeah. Um, and so I just started, I mean, I just literally started it. I Googled like how to do a Facebook page, how to make a website and um, started speaking at conferences and and writing and honestly was like, maybe there's going to be one other person like me. I mean, maybe I'll get like two clients. I will, who knows? Um, and then very quickly it was like, whoa, there are people all over the world. Um, who very much connect with this story. And, um, and then about four years ago started adding to my team. And so now there are 11, um, therapists and coaches on the team. And if you're listening and you are queer and you come from a Christian background and you're a therapist, please contact me because we're always looking to add to our team. That's awesome. Can I, can yeah, I add- well, let me say this too, because I think Candace, um, you as a voice on this podcast are going to be in the minority in two ways. And one is most of our listeners are heterosexuals. So they may easily go, oh, I got nothing to learn. I'm going to skip. I'm going to fast forward or I'm going to skip till next week. Like that's a thing that maybe you would do. And I'll encourage you now not to do that. Um, <laughs> the other one is um, we don't have a, a specifically Christian, 
you know, audience. I think a lot of people may even kind of brush up against like, why does that even matter? Why is that important? Laura, you, you may have some insights into that, but um, I brush up against it too. Yeah. And I would just say like, (laughs) I think one of the coolest things about being in my line of work and an hours anyway, is how much I have to learn from people who aren't like me. So dear listener, if you are inclined to, to press pause or just go listen to, Oh, Oh, you know what? Uh, gosh, what was I going to say? My wife, Rebecca, she's addicted to this podcast called, um, smartless. And it's these three, like, it's like Jason Bateman and Will Arnett and, uh, gosh, I forget Bateman. the other guy, but yeah, they, but they always, each one of them invites somebody new and they never know who it is until the, the guest comes on. And yeah. I was like, Oh, and when the guest comes on, sometimes I'm just like, nah, next. Like, <laughs> this is not a next one. Let's, let's see what we got. But, yeah. Um, well, I mean, I want to, I want to disclose that like <clears throat> none of us at the Christian closet would, would say that Christianity is the one and only true way of life or to find the divine. Um, but the reason for us that Christianity is important is because actually the trauma and the harm that comes to a lot of people in their lives, but especially queer people through the Christian faith. And, and so that, that undoing of that is as a big part of what we do. Um, and I would say even straight people, you know, there, there are lots and lots of stories where, you know, I hear stories all the time. My mom was a single parent and we weren't really welcome in the church or my parents got divorced. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, they're, it's, it's not just a, um, a pain point for uh, us queer folk. So. so that was something that I was sharing a little bit before and I'll share for our audience members. And I, uh, FYI, I got a little bit of, um, I, I, got, I text my mom and I got permission to talk about my story as it relates to her story. So when I was growing up, so I was what's considered a PK, a pastor's kid. And, uh, and it was a little different and unique in that I have, uh, my mom was the leader of the church. So she was a single mom leader of the church community Wow, and had been doing that my whole upbringing. So she went on to grad school while she was in grad school, seminary became a pastor. We went through, I think like three or four different churches and, as I was growing up, it was, it was disclosed to me because we're a very close knit family of three. So two kids and my mom, it was very open in the walls of our household that mom is a lesbian mom likes other moms. And so that was, is that how she told you where was that the words? Do you remember? Yeah. Like, I think it was just like, you know, it was very plain and very like, how I describe it to my son of like, you get a choice, like you get to, you know, love on whoever you want to love and nobody gets to tell you who you want to love, except for, we have to keep this a big fat secret. Mm -hmm. And it was just one of those things that was like, ah, this feels icky to me. And it was really tough because we were growing up and it was like, mom's going to have girlfriends, but we can't tell other people about mom's girlfriends. And we definitely can't say anything within the church community. And by the way, we're living in the parsonage right next door to the church. And so it was just one of those things where it was very interesting growing up of having my mom be the leader of a church and then also having to be closeted and having my brother and I be very aware along with all the other family members. Right. Mm -hmm. So she couldn't be out in the community. And anyway, the story goes on that when I turned 18, my brother and I graduated at the same time, it was like this big exodus of all of us transitioning together. 
And so it's kind of interesting as I look at the timing, a lot of times people will divorce when their children leave the home. It's kind of like, okay, you're off to college. Mom and dad don't. We made it that far. (laughs) We launched you. We're good. Now we're going to transition to doing our single lives. And that's sort of the transition that we also played out as a family was my brother and I left the home. We went off to college and then my mom left the church. And it was like, leaving the church was her choice to now live her life. That was kind of the feeling that I got that she had to put her life on hold for many, many years because she was living within the, this Christian community and she was the leader of the church and also not able to be out. Meanwhile, there was a lot going on in the church trying to pass, you know, like, is it okay to have a, an out leader um, within the church? And I remember going to these annual conferences where they would literally be debating this. And, um, and it was just so interesting as a young person being in the middle of that debate and watching this actually go down on a state level with all of the church leaders talking about, should we allow it to allow it to be okay to have church leaders that were openly uh, gay. And it was just interesting. So the story goes on. My mom's been married now. I think they just had like a 17th wedding anniversary, which is really cool. Wow. Yeah. She's gosh, what an amazing person and story and the amount of like depth of pain and courage. It's, um, you know, I was mentioning, I, this is a super common thing. I, I work with my team and I work with tons and tons and tons of people in this scenario where they either, either um, work for the church or they're just in life, but like somewhere along the way, someone told them that these feelings would go away if they got married to someone of the opposite gender. Oh my gosh. Or um, that to honor God, they need to just deny those feelings and marry the opposite gender, or they don't see it as an identity thing. And they think like, Oh, I'll just, it'll be, it's sort of like resisting pornography or something, you know, like, sure. um, and then they get married and and they have kids and they get, and 20 years later they wake up and they're like, Oh my gosh, this is still true about me. What do I do now? Mm-hmm. And I, I know that's, that's a little bit different. Like your mom didn't marry a man, um, but there's still that secrecy and the shame and trying to this, like the split life, right? Um, which was oh. such a big part of Crystal and I's journey. It was living that, that when we were closeted, living a split life and having split selves for years and years and years. It's so painful and traumatizing. Hmm. Well, it's interesting too, like having to split not only from sort of like if you have this foundational as Christian foundation and having to almost split from that and then also split from yourself, split from your family. I mean, how um, compartmentalized it must feel to not have all of that integrated into a whole being. Yes, it is. It really is. And it's hard to even know like, okay, so who am I? Right. What am I about? And with that comes coping. And um, we all need to cope, right? And when you're in that split place, it's really hard to choose healthy coping strategies. Mm. And so most of us, we're just trying to survive. And, and so the ways that we cope end up kind of adding layers of complication and pain to our lives. Drugs, alcohol, unsafe sex, isolation, mm-hmm. you know, it's... Mm-hmm choose your poison. Um, yeah. and I like to tell people, I mean, you survived and there does not have to be shame with how you survived. Um, but now we might need to like do some work around the pain that those coping strategies brought. Yeah. 
I, I have a question about just sort of thinking about maybe someone who has, because I know as I've been doing some research about the Christian closet is, you know, folks might be in that space of still being closeted um, and looking for guidance on how to come out and what that might look like. But then what if you've been out like my mom for 20 years and still has has this difficulty of like, I know to this day, like she has a hard time holding her partner's hand. Mm -hmm. And I know that that's really just kind of like feeling like there's still work to be done. Is that something that the Christian closet can continue to do for folks that are still having a hard time sort of integrating? Absolutely. I mean, I like to call internalized homophobia, like carbon monoxide, it's the silent killer, you know, <laughs> like you can't smell carbon monoxide, uh, but it'll get you every time. Um, <laughs> that's how uh, internalized homophobia works. You don't realize that you're internalizing all these messages all the time. Yeah. And if you don't recognize them and name them for what they are, you end up being someone who's like, I've been married for 17 years and I can't hold my wife's hand in public. Whoa. And what that does to you and your, and your wife. And if you have any kids or your community. Um, So absolutely. We journey with couples all the time and they're differing levels of internalized homophobia. And also there's just their comfortability and it's, it's challenging Mm -hmm. to be like, I want to hold my wife's hand or I want to kiss my husband and I'm a man out in public and I feel rejected. Um, And it's blown my mind a little bit because I think, I think, like you said the word homophobia and I immediately went, I'm not a homophobe. And, and the reason I'm not a homophobe is because I don't throw rocks at gay people's car. Like that's, you know <laughs> Thank what I mean? you like, for not throwing rocks. But you know what I mean? Like you, yeah. um, but like I had this like sort of uh, connotation, like a violence or connotation of like persecution, but you're even talking about like, I might be gay person and I have internal homophobia because I it's, and that's keeping me from holding my husband's hand. Correct. That's, that's what you're describing. That's fascinating. Like, I'm like, whoa, okay. Because I think part of what I, I wanted to ask you this question too, because I'm interested to know what you've seen. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas city, go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Or how you've seen it change over the last 10 years, whether it's people's internal, like the client's internal thinking or culture's internal thinking. Like, has there been an evolution um, that's that's worth noting or even celebrating or has there not? You know, because the, the themes are consistent, even after we've got 10 years of sort of social evolution. Yeah, it's yes and no, which is mm. always the answer, right? Sure. Um, I mean, representation has been amazing. Uh, that was a big part of Crystal and I staying closeted. It was like, she didn't know any other gay people. I for sure didn't know any other gay people. There was no one queer in the media. And there was just like nothing. Yeah. Um, of course, even, in reality, I mean, you knew a bunch of other gay people they just all were thinking they didn't know too. Gay yeah, yeah. <laughs> so 
side note, if you want to meet a partner, go to seminary. Uh, <laughs> it's a great place. There are millions of closeted people. Um, That's yeah. actually my mom met one of her girlfriends. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And you, you mentioned your mom was in choir. There are so many queers oh, in, yes. in the arts. So. Right. Yeah. Yes. yeah. You're going to lose, you're going to lose a lot of people. Like if you decide to do like the, what they, what we fondly refer to as like the cleansing of the choir. <laughs> if you kick out all the queer folk. I hate it. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, there has been absolutely. Um, I mean, I even think about this last Christmas, there was that, that movie Happiest Season. I don't know if you saw it, but. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I just wept being like, there is a Christmas movie about two women. Like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Um it's and prom just came out on Netflix this last year. These are just, it's so fun and it's so good. And I, I think it, it helps in our process um, just to internalize, just like we can internalize homophobia. We can also internalize that it's uh, okay and normal and beautiful. And the way we do that is through all of our senses, right? And we're seeing and experiencing it. And so that's why representation matters. And that has for sure increased. Um, but, you know, shame and uh, <laughs> religiousness and culture is still very strong. Mm -hmm. I, I kind of have a question about sort of the, the Christian side. When I was attending a church in, in um, Seattle, the thing that drew me in is it's called Church for the Rest of Us. And I love, love, loved it. And they actually really like specified um, if you are somebody in your walk, in your journey, and you're secure in your relationship with Christ, awesome. Go find a church community. This one's not for you. We're looking for people who are really questioning whether or not this is the right fit for them. And we're looking for people who feel like they don't fit in and are scared to sit in the pew. And like, we're, they like literally were like open arms. If you feel like church isn't the place for you, we want you to come. And for everybody else that feels settled and comfortable, leave a parking spot open for others. And I, <laughs> I loved it. And it was so welcoming. Mm. But I find that unless the church is really specific about this is who we are here for, flying the flag and like literally specifically casting a message out that we want you here. I think the assumption is that this is a closed old boy network mm -hmm. personally. Yeah, and it's a fair assumption. Yeah. I've and I just experienced I'm, it over and over. I'm wondering, I just kind of feel like Seattle's a very unique space. California is very unique in that there are churches like that. You see them all the time. And um, I think that's so rare in other parts of the country where it's like we're literally opening the doors and saying, if you don't feel like you fit in and that this isn't a place for you, um, we want you here. And I think I love that messaging, but it's so rare. Yeah, it is. Even here in LA, when we went to go look for a church, I thought it would be super easy. And I had really painful conversations with the churches that I wanted to go to where they yeah. said, you can come, but you know, you can't become a member and you can't serve oh. and, you know, all of those kinds of things. Um, so it, it is surprising. Um, and wow. when you are LGBTQ, safety is like paramount. Mm -hmm. So we do the we sort of scan for safety. Right. And and that's why it's so nice when we see something like a pride flag, um, yeah. because then we don't have to do the work of like, am I safe here? Mm -hmm. um, and oh, it is okay. there, most of the country. It's um, 
hard to find that. So there is a website, it's called Church Clarity. Um, and they actually go and they rate churches. Um, they rate churches on their inclusivity, on um, like leadership, gender of leadership. Um, they're just all kinds of things. So it's a, it's a cool place. That's awesome. So about, uh, I don't know, 50 episodes or just so ago, we did something where we asked people for recipes. And I got this recipe for tomato gravy from the scow in, um, in uh, Louisiana. And she, and I, I made it. I, I hate tomatoes, but I was like, I'm going to make it because it's, and it was amazing. But when she gave me the recipe, she also said, Hey, by the way, we love the podcast. Um, and also it'd be really great to hear about LB, LGBTQ issues. Um, and I said, cool. Um, I don't see a lot of that in my practice less than 10% of my practices, same sex marriages. But, um, I said, what do you want to know about? Tell me what you want to hear. And so she sent us a question. Can I ask it to you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Okay. So, <laughs> I will have all of the answers and they will yeah. be brilliant. <laughs> so let's, let's just start there. Yeah. yeah right on. So she says, um, so again, Louisiana, right. She said, I think a potential issue, especially living in the South is how negative responses from outsiders can show up in the marriage. I have relatives that have shown judgment towards me due to my marriage with my wife. And although it doesn't manifest negatively inside the relationship, I feel like it could potentially cause strain in other situations. Surely you're helping people grapple with the impact of their coming out on their families, like their, their, their straight families. Like talk to us a little bit about, maybe that goes into the area of coping, but you, you, uh, I'd rather hear from you than speculate. Yeah. I mean, the coming out process is a huge part of what we do. Um, walking people through their own grief um, of what that's going to be like and strategies of how to do that. Everything from writing a letter to sitting your family down, all kinds of things, because there are lots of ideas of like the best way to do it. Uh, so I like to just demand like tell let's take that apart and let's just say like coming out in any way is is so brave um and there really isn't a best way but absolutely like how your family and your community respond and react increases your stress levels and that increases and impacts you know your relationship um and it's really hard and so you know, then grieving that there's a lot of what we do is grieve with people mm. and, and be with them in that grief process um, and trying to figure out what they can bear um, and what kind of boundaries they need to set up. There's and almost so, nothing you can do about the family. It sounds like part of the work that has to be done is, is indeed internal, if not internal inside myself, maybe with my, uh, what did you call it? What, what kind of homophobia? It wasn't latent. Internalized. That was Internal, internalized. Either with myself or uh, inside of my relationship and, and hold that as kind of primary versus, but it's got to be challenging to ignore that your mom doesn't like you or your sister doesn't like you or your father's disowned you or whatever it is. I mean, that, those are all consequences that come from, I think, I think one thing that I've always said on the podcast or just in general, even in my own house is that it's a lack of vocabulary that keeps us from being able to really um, understand things like the reason I think X about gay people is because I have a hundred words. Um, mm -hmm. and if I have a thousand words, I can think, you know, 10 X mm -hmm. and I can, I can think in that kind of, I think that's part of what you're even adding right now is kind of like, Oh, again, internalized homophobia as a, as a piece of vocabulary that I didn't have access to an hour ago is going to change the way that I relate to people in my community and my world. So that's, um, that's really cool. And I, and I imagine that's something that you provide 
a great deal of benefit to people who are trying to find language for themselves and they, they look around and they can't, they can't see it. Right. They can't see yeah. the places yeah. where that language exists. Yeah. And so um, one thing, if people feel comfortable, I, I, it's like, okay, let's ask your family if they're open and willing to read books there nowadays when, when crystal and i met there was zero now there's youtube channels and youtube videos and conferences and books and podcasts and there are lots of resources even resources specific for parents and so hopefully if if a family is willing to learn just like you're saying open your mind to mm-hmm. those even just those new way new language um it can be impactful and i really want to say like i respect and believe that families need their own process mm-hmm. so they deserve time just like an lgbtq person deserves time and space mm-hmm. and so i i i want to honor that um and it it i mean it took my mom a good 5 years to mm-hmm. begin to come around um um, Gosh, that, I mean, I have never really thought about that, but like, it, you know, even if it comes across as like, all right, I'm saying this to you for the first time, you're hearing this for the first time, you have been thinking behind the scenes for years, sometimes decades, and have gone through your own process to get to the place where you can actually speak it out loud. And so it's like, you're not meeting at the same point. No and way. Wow. I mean, just allowing that time and space. It is interesting because there was a level of guilt as a family member, even though I knew, even though it had never been a secret from me um, for 16 years, um, I lived in this space of, I know mom dates women and they're a part of our life and um, it's wonderful and beautiful. And it's just like any other person coming in and out of the, but I have to keep it a secret from the outside world. The moment my mom came out, I wanted to fly the freaking flag and be so proud of her. But at the Mm -hmm. same time, I remember this level of shame explaining Mm -hmm. to my friends that my mom was marrying Bob because I had all of a sudden this shame that I had never experienced before because it was now outside. Now I was sharing Mm -hmm. outside and I was like, what is wrong? Why am I telling people mom's marrying Bob? Bob's not a person in my mom's life. (laughs) I just couldn't couldn't break break it to them that it was a female. Mm -hmm. And it was weird. It was like, I now had to, as the child, go through my own process of trying to sort out how do I come out to my friends? That's exactly right. It was... It was such an interesting experience. So mm-hmm. I'm wondering as a straight if, person in a relationship with an LGBTQ. Human yes. You have your headed. own coming out process yeah. interesting. and it mirrors an, a queer person's coming out so much. Really? Yeah, it was. Uh, so I'm wondering, I mean, do you as at the Christian closet, are you able to support family members that are walking this journey with their, their significant people in their life who are coming out? Yeah, absolutely. We meet with straight people all the time, Mm -hmm. straight people who are willing to try and trust us um, because I think, you know, they assume that we're going to be angry at them or we're going to, we, you know, hate them because we're gay. And um, I don't feel that way at all. Really nice to me. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) And you can't see her, but she looks very nice too. all good. I'm sometimes nice. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's an, it's an easy assumption to make, right? Like I, if I were straight, I, I think I would feel a little bit nervous about meeting with, you know, a gay therapist as well, but mm-hmm. really, truly us at the Christian closet, we believe in that space because you are exactly right. 
when I came out to my mom, yes, I had been years and years and years and years and years, so many years of getting to that place. It's unfair to expect or assume that she can meet me there. It's just not how we work as humans, even if she's going to become accepting and and affirming, which my mom did. She needed to grieve and she needed like to come out to your friends. I mean, of course you told your friends, Bob, (laughs) <laughs> I just have so much compassion. It's like, I just, you know, I want to hold that part of you yeah. and, and be yeah. like that, how painful and difficult and you deserved support. Yeah. Um, and all of our families, they deserve support. Mm-hmm. Like, Zach, you're, I, you're did, smi- I did deserve support. Thanks for being so sensitive, Zach. I know. Well, if you listen to even one other podcast, you know that sensitivity is not a a, a, a feature of our conversation with one another. (laughs) With each other. I mean, we're sensitive. You say, like, we tap out on our empathy and sensitivity to other our clients, our paying clients. But when we see each other, it's like an all knock down, drag out fight between brother and sister. I like it. Yeah. Hey, Candace, I'm so glad to see your face. I'm so glad that you joined us. I know that um, people are going to be intrigued by this conversation and want to reach out to you. How should they do that? Yeah, uh, they can check out our website, thechristiancloset.com. And, and if I'm not a Christian, mm-hmm. um, you can still help me. Yes, indeed. Yeah, and if I'm not gay, you can help me. People. That is true. <laughs> yeah, so it doesn't have to. So, so, but, but I, think, I think one thing, again, that I'm just becoming aware of is that no, no matter if I don't identify with those two pieces of the puzzle, there's something for me in this conversation. There's something for you listener in this conversation, because it's a universal experience of wanting to be known and wanting to be uh, accepted um, regardless of the call it the, I don't know what the right word is, but call it the the category that you find yourself in, like that somebody else has decided isn't acceptable. Like there's a, there's a universal need to want to, to make peace with that in, in yourself and in your community. So I, I appreciate the work. That's true. Doing and sure. navigating that. Right. So there are going to be pieces of all of us that our community or our family, or our friends don't quite get. And um, so that's a process of figuring out, you know, how you want to navigate that because that deserves care and time to figure out. So, yeah. So check us out whether you're right. Even if you're not a Christian, even if you're not queer, um, or you can just email directly at info at the Christian org. Can I ask you one question? Because we are so big into, um, resources. If there was a book, because we know that the majority of our listeners are predominantly in relationships in heterosexual relationships, but maybe they're looking for ways to develop more sensitivity or um, how to show up for friends, family members, whatever it might be. It's just a better human being, a better partner on this journey. What would be a resource that we can provide? Because we have a cool way of, of linking that to Amazon so that folks can find it pretty easily. Yeah. Um, first of all, it's, it is amazing. There are so many books out there. Um, one that I always recommend is called Unashamed, um, a coming out guide for LGBTQ Christians. And the author's name is Amber Cantorna. It's just the most um, nuts and bolts coming out book that I've ever seen. And there are um, at each chapter, there are parts for family members um, to kind of consider and, and uh, process with it too. So that's, that's one of my favorites. Um, but if theology is your thing, there's also plenty of theology books on the topic. 
Yeah, it's interesting. I, I mean, I I don't know why. I mean, I think it's part of my own journey and we can talk about this in another hour, but um, in terms of like kind of bristling, as you noted against kind of the faith piece of it, it's interesting to me. Like, I'm like, Oh, the reason this is required is because, and, and, t- and we're starting something new perhaps, but it, it, it's particularly toxic in the faith community. Um, I keep going, why does it have to be this? Well, because these are the people that are making it more challenging. I imagine. Yes. Yeah. They're connecting that there, this is a, a failing, a moral, ethical failing. There is something wrong with you mm. and God is displeased with you. Mm. Um, and you can change that. And, and that's just not true. And so, yeah, a, people outside of um, any kind of religion, this, it's not unique to Christianity. They, you know, people who don't have any kind of faith, they experience it too, um, but it is way less, less sure. likely. Yeah. Well, very cool. I want to be in your backyard, hanging out with you and your wife and kids. And um, maybe one day soon we'll get to do that. Uh, and, uh, but in the meantime, I'll, I'll just say, thanks for coming on and being, and being with us. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It feels really fun. I, I could imagine just hanging out with both of you really yeah. easy and fun. Well, maybe you'll get so, a chance. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. 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 We're good people. <laughs> Thank you, Candice. Appreciate you being on here. And um, and I hope that our listeners find great value in this conversation. And obviously, I mean, the Christian Closet is so cool. I dig the website and your therapists and their backgrounds reading through their bios. It's really awesome as well. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks a lot. <laughs> All right. Laura, are you going to say it? Let's land this plane. All right. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. A huge thank you to Candace for coming on and talking about the Christian closet. If you are intrigued, interested, you want to know more, you need resources, you just want to connect and see if this might be the right spot for you, check out thechristiancloset.com. Um, and also there was a book that Candace recommended, and I wanted to repeat that in case you are looking. It's called Unashamed, a coming out guide for LGBTQ Christians. Holy moly. Again, you know, I just wish that something like this was available 20 years ago for myself, going through my own sort of coming out process as the daughter of, uh, of a queer woman. And then, you know, I just, I wish that so much has changed, right? And um, and I think that we have all of these resources at our fingertips and available to us. And, and I hope that you hear this and you reach out if this sounds like it might be a good fit for you or pass it along. Pass this episode along to someone who you think might need some support. Thank you for all of your time and your attention, making your relationship better today than it was yesterday. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.